Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. We are glad to have you. Packers taking on the 49ers. Frigid Lambeau Field coming up on Saturday night. Game time temperature right around 10, give or take a couple of degrees. Wind chills right around zero, give or take a couple of degrees. And legacy on the line in so many different facets. And uh, joining us now on the hotline, our good buddy, long time since we've had a chance to chat, James Jones is here. James, how you been, pal? What's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, First of all, I want to ask you this. How is it when teams come into Lambeau Field and it's this cold, especially a warmer weather team like San Francisco, what does it do to them from things that you've heard from guys in other climates getting off of planes and frigid temperatures? What does the cold do? Well, it's just the mental aspect of it. You know, even right now, them dudes is out there in California at practice figuring out what they're going to wear, how they're going to wear, what cleats they're going to wear, what they're going to put on under their uniforms, if they're going to wear sleeves, you know. It's really just the mental aspect of it. And then it all sounds good when you're practicing somewhere and then you finally get to Lambeau and you feel like, realize, oh, man, it's colder than I thought it was going to be. So it's really just the mental aspect of it that we are so used to and they're not, and it takes a little bit of time to adjust when you when you um, get to Lambeau to be able to adjust to the cold. So going into a game like this, Aaron uh, kind of waxed nostalgic uh, about, you know, legacy and such, and we all know he's a terrific quarterback. There's no doubt about that. But you tell me what this game means to him in the sense of, you know, legacy, in the sense of last dance and all that kind of stuff. Well, number one, I don't think it's my guy's last dance. Um, number two, um, I just think it's going to be huge for him, man. You know, to be the to be a quarterback to to bring two Super Bowls to Lambeau Field. You know what I mean? All the stuff that he's been through, all the stuff that he's done on the football field. I think one more Super Bowl is going to be huge for his legacy. It's not going to change too much. We already know he's a bona fide Hall of Famer. We already know he's a first ballot Gold Jacket. But one more Super Bowl, even two more Super Bowl, legacy-wise, I mean, I already think he's the greatest to ever do it and greatest to ever spin it. But one to two more Super Bowls, I mean, I think the argument is shut closed. I don't care how many Tom Brady has. Just how special Aaron Rodgers is. For him to get one more, this is huge for his legacy, in my opinion. Now, watching all this game tape and all the, the discussion leading up to this, the Packers are getting unbelievably healthy. It's almost like, James, it's almost like it's too good. Don't don't pinch me. Don't yeah. wake me up. Things are way too good. It's almost like it's too good. Can you, in a locker room, get confident because you're getting all these guys back and all of a sudden you lose that edge that, hey, we got a dogfight coming up? Man, I think you, number one, you, you're getting confident because you're you're feeling that stuff coming, you know, as the season is going along. You know, week 10 came around and the Packers knew, man, we're going to get Alexander back. We're going to get our other Smith brother back. We're going to get Bakhtiari back. They knew it. You know what I mean? So if they're like, man, if we could just stay healthy, you know, the mindset in the locker room, stay healthy, and we're going to be getting back three really good players, all pro players. Like, you, you're right. It's really too good to be true, man. And I, tr- I truly think, man, hey, this is going to be a dog fight, but it's the Packers year. I don't see anybody coming in there knocking off Aaron Rodgers. Everything is just lining up for them. I think they are built and ready to go. I do not think they'll come out lax. I think they understand what type of challenge the Niners bring, and they present. They know it's going to be a battle. They know it's going to be a dogfight. This Niners team is confident. This Niners team is coming in here like the, the Green Bay Packers is in trouble. They know that. 
But I think the Packers are going to let the world know that we're the best team in the, in the NFL. What do, now, watching all of this and the film and such and, and breaking it down, what do the Packers do well that the 49ers just most likely can't stop? I mean, offensively, well, defensively. One, they, offensively, they're not going to be able to stop the pass game. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't care what kind of pass rushes they got up there. You're not going to be able to guard Devontae, Allen Lazar, Randall Cobb, if Randall Cobb plays and those boys. The secondary is beat up. The secondary is not athletic as us. I think that's a big advantage for the Packers. And you obviously got 12 throwing you the football. So even if you are covered, even if they are in good position, he's not going to throw it up there like Matthew Stafford. He's putting this ball to only, to only where Devontae and those boys could get it. So, um, that's definitely an advantage for us. I think that's going to be a big advantage. And for the, on, on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's in the pass-catching game as well. I think our secondary is extremely good. Yes, they have Debo Samuel, you know, but I think our secondary has an advantage of this. And if we could get after Jimmy G, it's going to be tough for those receivers to get open on the offensive side of the ball. So if the Niners can't run it, it's going to be tough for them to pass on the Packers. One thing I've noticed about the Packers is they're aggressive. They get up a couple of scores. Third quarter seems to be the quarter in which they let the foot off the gas a little bit, a couple of run, run, runs, and all of a sudden you're out, three and out, and you get a score, and then all of a sudden it becomes a closer game. They play that soft zone coverage defense. If you're going to be a defender against them, if you're Joe Barry, what do you do to slow down the, the 49ers, Debo Samuel? What do you do all game, kind of stick with what got you there? Well, number one, to be honest with you, I don't think it's any scheme stuff that you're doing with the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's all effort, man. I think it's all effort. The Niners come in there, and when you really watch the Niners football game, they play harder than everybody, and it's not even close. You know what I mean? And when you're talented and you and you have the guys that can do that, you have the, the, the build, the physicality of the, the type of players the Niners have, and just effort-wise, when you watch the Niners, they play hard. And if you're not matching that effort and you're not playing hard, I don't care what scheme you're in. They are going to run the ball down your throat because that's what they believe that they can do. So the Packers are going to have to come out, man. They're going to have to match the effort, and, and they're going to have to get dirty, and they're going to have to make sure they buckle up, man, put their hand in the dirt and come get the Niners. Talk with James Jones, former Packer wide receiver, now with the uh, NFL Network analyst. You can follow him on Twitter, 89JonesNTAF. Uh, what is it like right now? Take us inside that locker room as a player, the mentality, what you're going through. What is what is this week leading up to this game, having a bye, trying to shake off some rust? What is this week like? Man, you know what? It's exciting because you know that you're two games away. You know, everything that you work for, everything that you've been through, all the off-season stuff, the OTAs, the IPWs, all the meetings, everything, you know that we are two games away. And I understand that you don't want to look ahead and you don't want to do things like that, but it's hard. I remember when we had bye weeks and we entered into the playoffs, you know, we we two games away, you know, and that's why when you lose, it hurts that much more because you know that you got to start this thing all over again. You know, so the exciting part is they know that they two games away, man. Go out there and just continue to play the way that you've been playing, and you find yourself moving on. Who speaks up? Is it Rodgers or is it a guy like Bakhtiari, veterans that have been there, done that, that know the pain of, that you're talking about of losing? I mean, I, granted, they were, they've been there the last two years, so they know what the pain is, but who, who's the guys that speak up at this point? Well, I mean, it's a bunch of leaders on the football team, man. I mean, I think it doesn't matter just because your name on the back of the jersey, you know, says Bakhtiari or Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, don't mean you are the leader. 
You know what I mean? We had a lot of guys step up that wasn't necessary, necessarily selling jerseys, <laughs> you know, in the pro mm-hmm. shop, you know. So I think it's all about just the timing and when you say it and how you say it. But, you know, just for the mindset for the week, I think it got to come from your leaders. It got to come from the Aaron Rodgers as we get ready for this practice. He needs to let the let the world let the players know that hey, we're two games away. Let's get our mind right. Let's get motivated. Let's go. Let's go get this thing done. You know what I mean? Don't let this one slip out your fingers. I've had plenty of them slip out of mine. Don't let this one slip out your fingers. So, I think having Aaron Rodgers and leaders in that ball club, knowing you know how hard it is to get to where they at right now, I think that's already being said, and they'll come out ready to go. So the difference is when I, I remember a story, I sat down with Ryan Pickett when you guys went on your run, and I, I asked him, I said, you got to go on the road the whole time, and you're going to get booed, you're going to get jeered. He said, you know what, the mentality in here is you got to eat it like candy. The more they boo you, the more fired up you got to get. Now you're at home, though, and you've got the home field crowd. The crowd is back as opposed to last year. How mu- much of a difference is it with that positive energy kind of lifting you up, so to speak? Oh, that's huge, man. The fans is everything, man, in Lambeau Field. I mean, they everything when you up in the game, and they everything when you down in the game trying to get you back up, you know, and, and get you to play with that energy. So, you know, when you're losing in the game and you're not playing well and it's crickets and it's silence, you don't have any fans, it's tough to really get yourself going. You know what I mean? And that was kind of how it happened last year. You know, now you get in there on third downs and that crowd is cranked up and all that type stuff, you know. You understand that you got to do your job to get off the field, and you know, or you got to do your job to stay on the field and make a play. So, you know, the, the crowd is everything, especially when you're at home. It's definitely going to be a different. It's definitely going to benefit the Packers um, this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think the Packers move on. I got to ask you. I know the next matchup, if the Packers do move on, is is, is an NFC Championship game at home. Which team do you feel? I mean, Brady obviously is Brady. The There's no denying the Rams. that. You're, you're the Rams. The Rams. Finish the Rams. Okay. The Rams. Tom Brady and the Bucks. I, I know they beat us last year, but I welcome them in. This is just not the same team. Uh, they don't have the offensive weapons. You know, I think yes, they got away from. They got away with it last week against the Eagles. You know, because the Eagles was just shooting themselves in the foot, but. You talk about this Rams team, what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball, what you got on the offensive side of the ball with Cam Akers back and Cooper Cup. I think the Rams is, is the most scariest team to the Packers in the NFC. I think they're going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up. Tom just don't have enough to, to, to beat the, the Rams, in my opinion. Is Matthew Stafford good enough to get past Rodgers? I don't think anybody in the world is good enough to get past Rodgers, but Matthew Stafford is a special thrower of the football, you know, so – I think Sean McVay will have some stuff dialed up to where he could take advantage of it. But I think this matchup, the next time they play, and I do think they will play, I think this matchup is really going to come down to, to, to them having Cam Akers and being able to run it and get Cam Akers in space as well. You know, I think he's a big addition. And then you got Von Miller, Odell Beckham with their feet under him now, you know, since they've been traded over there. So, you know, I think this will be a really good one. I think the Rams are scary. James, always great. We'll see you out in L.A., buddy, and hopefully it's a green and gold party, pal. Sounds good, brother. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. There you go. James Jones, former wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, now with the NFL Network, an analyst there. You can follow him on Twitter, 89JonesNTAF, and editions of NFL Game Day Morning. They air Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central, Sunday, 10 a.m. Central Time, right here on the NFL Network as well. And they're going to be covering the Packers 
and the 49ers in depth coming up on Saturday night. J.J. going to be back in town. Great to, great to get a chance to talk to him and just kind of shoot the stuff with him uh, a little bit. You know, I remember that. Uh, I, it's, it's so different because back when the Packers were going on the road to, you know, uh, attempt to win a Super Bowl when they won a Super Bowl, it was, uh, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. I talked to Ryan Pickett, and he just looked at me and said, we got to love it. We got to teach these guys to love it. And James Jones, remember, at that point in time, was struggling a little bit, had a couple of drops, and had, went back to his high school coach and got some advice and then really kind of turned it on. But I remember talking to him. I remember talking to Ryan Pickett, and they're like, you know, when you don't have your fans, you got to learn to love the booze. You got to eat it up because the more they're booing you, better you're doing but at home what kind of an energy level boost is it when you have the home fans just bananas going berserk and here's the knock uh one of the things that was stated was Lambeau Field is not as loud as it used to be and I said really they said yeah it's not as loud as it used to be it's been good but it's not as loud as it used to be and you can go into other stadiums like Arrowhead you can go in another stadium, like even some of the domes, obviously up in Minnesota, it's loud up there. They talk about it all the time, loud down in New Orleans. You know, they crank it up up in, uh, you can't blame it on cold and you can't blame it on mittens and all that kind of stuff because they crank it up at Foxborough. They were loud and proud in Buffalo this past weekend. So I'm hoping Lambeau Field, that the crowd up there uh, on Saturday night is just, I don't want to say out of control, but emotionally just as high as high gets and as loud as loud gets and make it extremely difficult on the 49ers and just kind of own home field advantage and make it what it's supposed to be. Because last year, it was great to sleep in your own bed and great to sleep in your own hotel and great to have your family around you and everything. But nah, nah. Wasn't the same without the fans. Hopefully the fans crank it up as well. As much energy as you want the team to play with, I hope the fans bring twice that kind of energy on, on Saturday. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to find us, got a comment. Uh, good stuff from James Jones. Though. Really, really good stuff from him. We certainly appreciate his time and joining us uh, on the program. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show. Continuing on, we are brought to you by our friends over at New Male Medical, treating guys with uh, with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, I'll tell you this, if uh, you have ED, got you down, yeah, just call. It's a phone call. You know, one phone call, 414-455-4451. They've got a 98% success rate. Okay, that alone it almost guarantees you that they can help you. But if you're sluggish, if you're moody, if you're dragging ass, midday, like right now, you're just looking at your computer, falling face first into it. You're out driving around on the construction site, whatever it happens to be, and you're just tired. Man, just give them a call. They can help. Or if you want to jumpstart the All-in-One Weight Loss Program, because we all know T-shirt season is going to be here sooner rather than later. Man, you just want to get in shape. You want to feel good again, right? 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center, our good friends over there. Thanks for being a part of the program. Um, 
Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to um, hear from Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur is going to be speaking to the media, so we're going to hear what he has to say on what normally would be their Thursday. Their Thursday, as the game has been bumped up a day, obviously. So we'll uh, hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here in just a little bit. We'll also hear some of the comments from Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers and such. So all of that's going to come up a little bit later on the program as well. Uh, Question. And this was from a a caller who called in and said, hey, uh, if you win the coin toss, are you kicking the ball or receiving it to start the game? It's a great question. Philosophically speaking, you're kicking it off. I think because you've had so much success in that realm, because of the back-to-back, the the last... You know, when you look at the average of drives, when you get the drive coming out of the second half, when you get the last drive usually of the first half, there's the capability there for a 14-point swing. You take that. You know, it gives you the, you know, hey, kick it off. Let's set the tone. Let's go after Garoppolo. Let's force him into a mistake. Let's let's shut him down. Let's, Let's put our defensive stamp on this game. You know, there's all that mentality. In reality, I think what we're looking for is kickoff. Kickoff, take the ball, put together a nine-play drive, 75 yards, stick it in the end zone, go up seven and have them already getting cold. I think that's what most of us are thinking. But here's another side of this, and this is something that, you know, we've talked about before, but it kind of gets glossed over. If you kick off, If you kick off and you stop them, usually, especially if you stop them on a a quick three and out, usually you, usually you um, can flip the field because of a punting situation gives you an opportunity to return the ball a little bit further out than the 25 yard line. If things go well. But, you know, not that things go well all the time. But philosophically speaking, they kick off. They defer. But, you know, I think we all look at it and say, hey, take the ball. Offensively speaking, go down, get a score, and make it seem a little bit colder. And having Jimmy Garoppolo standing on the sideline in the cold, getting a little bit stiff, the the shoulder, the thumb, the whole thing, you know, a little bit more time to get loose out there, that's... That, you know, I, I don't think you can go wrong either way if either way works out. But you if you look at the average of drives, usually if you kick off, you end up with the ball prior to the end of the first half, getting the ball back in the second half. That usually is your 14-point swing. So that's the reason, that's the reason coaches do that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Max, who says, as a season ticket holder, uh, he said, it's been up and down this year. Some games have been really loud and other games have not. He said uh, Lambeau Field is not the fortress it used to be because it seems to be a wishy-washy crowd. He said, but this year, I have to admit, has been louder on average, than some years in the past. Well, last year there wasn't fans, so obviously last year was out of it. And you know what? Uh, the year prior was a really good year. The year prior uh, was pretty consistent when it came to being being pretty loud. 
just being in the press box. It was it was a pretty consistent year. This year, um, you know, I, I I haven't been there, so I couldn't honestly tell you. I know uh, just from some conversations that I've had, Mike and I have had and such, um, you know, the crowd overall has been really good. So I don't know. Some guys say it's really loud. Some guy it, it it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It just maybe it play depends on situation. Maybe it depends on you know games such as you know rivalry games, Vikings, Bears, all that kind of stuff. I mean, who knows? But when it comes to the loudest venues in football, um, years ago it was out in Seattle because that thing is just built for sound to be loud, and so is U.S. Bank Stadium. But you know, Lambeau Field's always been a, a you know significant place to play if you're an incoming opponent. When it comes to the, you know, the boisterousness, if you will. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Paul, because we sit in the press box and we know, we can hear it. I can hear it. If you want to contradict everything I say, I'm just going to block you, just so you know. You're not there. You don't know. We can hear it. When you're sitting in the press box, you can hear it. You can hear that rumbling. You know, there's certain times it crescendos, other times it doesn't. But you can hear it. It comes through. It's not like it's a quiet church there, for God's sakes. It just uh, it it it's a it's a loud place. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Yeah, I didn't go this year um, because of the the COVID situation. But it was the first year in twenty one years that I had not covered games live and in person. First time. Uh, this is from uh, Max. Max says, uh, I think Lambeau Field's going to be rocking. Everybody's going to be liquored up on Saturday night. It should be a great crowd and a great time. Packers get a win. He says 34-17. Packers double them up. That'd be huge. That'd be an emphatic stamp, wouldn't it? Absolutely. That would be an emphatic stamp. No doubt. Uh, let's do this. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Matt LaFleur should be talking. Uh, we should be able to catch some of what he has to say, and we'll continue to break this down and talk a little bit more about to the Packers and the 49ers. Uh, a couple other things I do want to get to at some point today. Uh, Badgers get a nice win last night. Now bring on Michigan State. And the Bucks. the Bucks have uh, have not played great basketball, and without uh, Drew Holiday, it's been uh, subpar, I guess, is the best way to put it. When the big three are on the floor, they're an incredible team, but defensively speaking and the ability to cover a, a true point guard, so to speak, and, and Drew Holiday's defense is sorely missed, not to mention his offensive prowess. But uh, you got John Morant coming into town. Uh, the Grizzlies taking on the Bucks tonight, and uh, that's 7 o'clock down at the Fiserv Forum, and it's getting a lot of national play because it's going to be on ESPN this evening. But you're kind of hoping the Bucks get back to their winning ways. They've, I mean, they've got six losses over their last eight games, but the two wins were emphatic wins, one over Golden State and one over Brooklyn. So can they can they kind of right the ship, so to speak? We'll have to wait and see, but we'll get into that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
one. Welcome back. One. I don't think it's my guy's last thing. Uh, number two, um, I just think it's going to be huge for him, man, you know, to be the to be a quarterback, to bring two Super Bowls to Lambeau Field, you know what I mean? All the stuff that he's been through, all the stuff that he's done on the football field. I think one more Super Bowl is going to be huge for his legacy. It's not going to change too much. We already know he's a bona fide Hall of Famer. We already know he's a first ballot gold jacket. But one more Super Bowl, even two more Super Bowls. Legacy-wise, I mean, I already think he's the greatest to ever do it and greatest to ever spin it, but... There you go, James Jones, who was on with us just a little while ago of the NFL Network and giving us his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. We know they're tied anyway, but uh, more so the emphatic stamp on Aaron Rodgers' career. Here's something to think about, and and I I went and looked uh, when it comes to deferring the opening, uh, the coin toss, if you win it. Uh, 92% of coaches defer. 92%. There is no uh, hard statistical information that gives you one advantage over the other. But what they believe is getting the extra possession is more beneficial in the second half of games. And that's the reason coaches mentally bank on gaining momentum towards the end of a game. That's the reason. That's the reason. So when teams defer, they believe that getting the extra possession in the second half is beneficial. And statistically speaking, they say 59% of the time, the team that defers gets the ball prior to the end of the first half. And which goes back to what I was saying. If you get that 14-point swing, if you get the score and then you get a the ball back, and, and then you get another score. That is that, that slingshot effect if you're able to do that. And the Packers were very good at it not too long ago. Uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay talking to the media right now. Let's take a listen. Doing great, Rob. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, you might end up starting an offensive line that you know hasn't played together at all this year, but obviously those are good players that you're getting back. Um, just wondering what you have to do to make sure that the continuity and communication is sharp, though. I think you just got to go out there and practice and practice at a high level, make sure these guys are, you said it, communication is so, so absolutely critical. Certainly we would love to have more time with these guys on task, but it is what it is, and you know how we operate in terms of just trying to get the best five that – is you that we think is going to put put us in the best position to have success steve mcgargie i think you were in houston when D'Amico ryan's was playing there i was just wondering what you remembered about him if you kind of sensed he might be a coach a future coach and just what if your impressions been of him the way he's kind of coordinated that defense in san francisco yeah D'Amico was he was a coach on the field um you know he was a great player man uh brought just so much to the team is very intelligent guy um, was really physical just he was the quarterback of the defense so when I found out that he was going to get into coaching it, it definitely always crossed my mind that he would be a hell of a coach and he's proven that and you know I've got a lot of relationships with a lot of guys over on that staff and everybody speaks the world of him you know Robert Sala speaks the world of him so um, 
it's well deserved. High praise. It's, it's well deserved. He works his tail off, and you know I, I imagine that he will be a future head coach in this league. Mark Daniels. Hey Matt, how are you? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Hey, Matt, good. Thanks, Matt. Can you just talk about the attention to uh, detail your team has when it when it comes to penalties, uh, fewest in the league, fewest per game, uh, and and how important that is to carry that season long focus. In that aspect of the game, considering how the Niners are really able to take advantage of what happened to Dallas last weekend. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's, you know, the character of our our players, um, just really trusting the fundamentals. I think our coaches do a great job of stressing that. And, um, you know, but ultimately it's on our guys just being disciplined in their approach and making sure that they take their practice habits to the game field. Hey Matt, hope all's well. Um, not just in Week Three when uh, when you guys played the 49ers, but it seems these two teams, maybe more than more so than a usual year, played a lot of down to the wire, just last second, final possession type of games. What does that mean when you get to this stage of the postseason? Yeah, I think it's more or less the mentality that uh, not necessarily knowing how it's going to get done, just the belief that it's going to get done. But like you mentioned, it goes both ways for both teams. And ultimately, we got we got to go out there. we got to play our best ball. I've said it too many times probably now. Um, this is just a, a very well-coached team, a very tough and physical team. And, I mean, they're, they're explosive in, in every phase of the game. So it's going to be so important for us just to be able to go out there and, and everybody – playing their role and, and doing the best job possible. Brian Wood. Hey, Matt, when you look at your run defense now, how you've played it schematically this year, your, your production uh, as a run defense, how is it different than maybe it was two years ago? Well, I mean, uh, I think the emphasis, I would say, is there. I thought even last year I thought our, our run defense improved quite a bit. Um but ultimately, it, you know, you got to go out there and do it. And certainly their run game presents a, n- a number of different challenges, just not only from the scheme and, and how they coach it and the players that they have, but just the different looks that they, they give you. Um, so it's going to be absolutely imp- imperative that our guys understand, you know, gap responsibility and, and playing disciplined football. Bill Huber. Hi, Matt. Um, this probably runs a little bit in parallel with what Bob asked you a minute ago, but it looked like, just especially with Bosa out on Sunday, that they ran a bunch of twists and games and stuff like that up front to create pressure. Was that just unusual for that game, or is that something that they've been doing a lot? I, I, they definitely do it quite a bit. So it just depends on, you know, what what their defensive call is, I would say. But they, it definitely has shown up with or without Bosa. Dave Schrader. And Matt, obviously Aaron Jones has shown his production year after year after year, but it's not every day that running backs get paid big contracts in the NFL. You guys have invested in him. I'm wondering what of his skills do you think are the most important and made it worth that investment? And do any of those, I guess, are any of those more magnified in the playoffs, do you think? I think I think it's the culmination of of all his skills, and not only that, but just the person he is, the type of teammate he is, the leader he is on this team. Um, you know, he embodies what we want Green Bay Packers to be 
all about. I mean, that is Aaron to a T. He is a, he is as selfless as they come. Certainly, the things he does off the field and for others is well noted and well documented. And um, but he's an explosive player. He's a problem not only in the run game but in the pass game. And shoot, he I know he's not the biggest guy, but he does a great job in pass protection as well. You know, throwing his face in there, and um, I just think he's he's a complete player. Coach, given that you faced the 49ers once already this year, how soon after you knew they were your opponent for the divisional round, do you have something already worked up as far as like a basic template game plan, what have you, or do you start completely from scratch? No, I, th- I think, yeah, we, we're pretty familiar with each other. So there is, um, I would say, uh, certain things that we know we want to do in really in every phase. But, um, you know, just kind of anticipating that this could happen. We spent some time on them last week. Um, just, you know, that's just the respect that we have for for that team, knowing that uh, that they were as capable as anybody to get to this point. Mike Clemens. Your first year here, you talked about to maximize your home field advantage to get the fans into it. And the fans started to respond crew has added things and now there's these moments on third downs where you start waving your arms not to your bench <laughs> but to the fans and it's working because of where you and when we're up there in the press box we see in the sideline it's eye-catching do you feel it at, you know and and have you what's the, what's that feel like what's that response and when you did it the very first time yeah, like we tell our team, it's whatever it takes. So whatever role you got to play in it to to help bring some some uh, that that energy, that juice, that support, we'll do whatever. Um, that means being a cheerleader on the sidelines. I'm all for it. So, uh, but you know, we're very appreciative. We got the best fans in the National Football League, and you know. For them to respond to that, uh, it definitely it adds a lot, and probably more so than than anybody ever knows. I mean, that is very, very difficult on an offense when they have a hard time communicating. So, you know, it's going to be so important that our fans uh, are nice and loud for us, and they either keep their tickets and come to the game or sell them to Green Bay Packer fans. Darius Joshua. Hey, Matt, uh, way back when you guys played the Niners the first time, uh, Alan Lazard had had one catch in that game, the first catch of the opening, opening drive, and kind of since the last four or five weeks of this season, he's really – how do you think that kind of – what do you think that does for him heading into this postseason with that kind of production uh, that he's working with heading into this game? Well, I think with any player that uh, gets opportunities and they come through, I think that it, you can't help but build some confidence. Uh, Allen obviously wears a lot of different hats for us, and just not only in the passing game, but just his role in our run game, his contributions that are felt on special teams, and uh, he's he's kind of a tone setter for us. Um, and it's just it's great to see guys that are so selfless that that put themselves out there. That you know, for a receiver, it's not all, always the most glamorous position to be in when you're asking to sift defensive ends. Or, or whatever it may be, but he always comes through for us, and he's got a guy that we have a ton of confidence in and um, just really lucky to have players such as him on our football team. Stephen Watson. Hey, Matt, I know the other day Kyle 
um, talking to reporters in San Fran said that there's no drama on the handshake after week three. You guys are all good. I'm curious for you, um, kind of a two-part question. Does it mean more to you to beat somebody that's a friend and has helped you along in your career? And also, I, I was listening to the Part of My Take podcast from last week <laughs> and heard that there were some uh, wrestling matches in the past between the two of you and your days with the Fun Boys. Can you let us in on that? I don't know what the Fun Boys are, Stephen, but... Um... Yeah, no, we we're, we're we're very close friends. Certainly, a guy that I respect as much as anybody in this profession. Not only just from for the opportunities that he provided for myself, my family. Shoot, my brother wouldn't be where he is today either with without the help from Kyle. Um, he's a guy that we've learned a lot of ball from, and I think that's the thing that I respect the most about uh, you know from him is not only how he he you know treated us and but how he educated us in the game of football. I mean, he is he is a savant in, in that regard. But um, I don't. I, I think it's a little bittersweet when you're playing guys that you have a lot of respect for. Certainly, um, you know, when you're playing against them, you, you want to beat anybody. It doesn't matter who it is across the sidelines. But yeah, there is. It is a little bittersweet because you you want your friends and you know people that are close to you to do well in this profession and but unfortunately it just can't ever be at, at your demise there you go matt lafleur head coach of the green bay packers uh for a couple of minutes and uh just kind of listening to some of the things he had to say about uh, this upcoming game about this team getting guys back on the field uh, a lot of philosophical waxing nostalgic stuff there you know uh, what we'll do is we'll pick it up after the next top of the next hour. Or so we'll hear the uh, remaining conversation with Matt LaFleur. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers holding practice again today, getting ready for their game against the 49ers. I asked Matt LaFleur how the 49ers defense was able to nearly shut down the Cowboys' leading receivers, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. They do a great job of coaching their guys, and then when you add that with the players that they have from a talent perspective, it makes it a challenge to to get the ball to some of your playmakers. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a sprained shoulder and a torn thumb ligament in his throwing arm, but says despite the short week, he'll be ready to play. I mean, it's playoff football. We know what time it is, and there ain't uh, no time to rest right now. San Francisco lost Nick Bosa to a concussion in the Dallas game and linebacker Fred Warner. I asked Aaron Rodgers how much do they mean to the 49ers defense. Well, without those guys, they were without him for much of that game against Dallas, and there wasn't a, a tremendous drop-off. Those guys are incredible players, all pro-caliber players, but they're a very deep team, and, and they've, you know, over the years have overcome a lot of injuries. But they're both game wreckers and, and fantastic players. I've, you know, known Fred uh, since he was coming into the league. You know, we'll be ready for whoever's ready uh, Saturday night. And last night after practice, San Francisco's Fred Warner was asked how he re-injured his ankle against the Cowboys and if he thinks he'll be able to go Saturday night. It was change of direction. My, my cleat got stuck in the ground, just the turf, and my ankle just kind of folded underneath itself, similar to how it happened in uh, Cincinnati. After that, it was just sheer pain. So just the fact that the uh, MRI results came back great, you know, it was good news for sure. And just the way I've been feeling gives me a lot of confidence for Sunday. 
Friday or Saturday. Excuse me. <laughs> That's 49ers linebacker Fred Warner in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael show. We continue on. Uh, so, and we're going to get back into the uh, Matt LaFleur uh, presser coming up. Uh, John wants to know if Bakhtiari practiced today. They have not practiced yet. Matt LaFleur wrapping up his presser, and then they're going to head out to practice. Uh, but what we were told was that Bakhtiari should be back at practice today. So uh, after having a, quote, load management day yesterday, he should be back at practice today. So we'll wait and see what actually happens. But uh, he did uh, also say that uh, they anticipate Randall Cobb playing in this game, which, again, we all just assumed. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has talked about it a couple of different times in which he said that, you know, had that game at the end of the season been a playoff game, then Cobb would have been there which was a little bit surprising to us because we had not seen Cobb back in the practice field, but we'd seen him around. But, uh, but yeah, Randall Cobb uh, is, is back practicing and, and pretty much good to go. And you just heard from Matt LaFleur say, yeah, Randall Cobb should be, should be back uh, and playing. They anticipate him playing in this contest. So that's good news. Our friends at Cunis RV there, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer, your travel and camping experts. And if you're in the market, as you get ready for the 2022 camping season, whether it's a motorhome, a fifth wheel, camper van, travel trailer, Cunis, they got you covered. They got you covered. They represent America's most reliable and best-selling RV and camper brands. Jayco, Alliance, Keystone, Winnebago, Redwood, Heartland, Thor, Nexus, Gulfstream, Forest River, all of them. All of them. They sell, they sell them all. They deal with them all. All over the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders. You can stop in at one, one of their many. They continue to grow. I don't even know how many they have now. They had nine for a while. I don't even know if they got 10 or 11 now, but they continue to grow. Cunis offering top dollar, by the way, for trade-ins and consignment. So they can do it all for you. Just get a hold of them. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Uh, Protect the Package over on Twitter says, Due to the age of the fans we are trying to reach to let them know to be loud and stand up, social media should not be the platform. They need to run PSAs in the daytime and the dinnertime news. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's a little bit older fan base. I think as the weather turns, it gets it becomes a younger crowd, don't you? I know I got some friends that live nearby, nearby, and they're in their seventies. Long time season ticket holders, long time, like thirty year season ticket holders. Pass it down through the family, that th- that type of thing. Uh, and once it gets down to, you know, 40 or below, uh, that's when he's giving the tickets to the kids and giving the tickets to friends. Uh, so I would assume as the weather turns, the average age of the, the party goer, if you will, continues to uh, go down. I don't Not. know. I think Facebook marketing strategies are a good idea. I think everybody's on Facebook. Facebook is the, for those that don't know, I mean, analytically, it is the world's largest gathering place. It By far. 
I mean, I know, you know, people want to look at, well, Snapchat or Twitch or TikTok, and there's all of that, but still the world's largest gathering place is Facebook. It, that's the reason Facebook has such incredible power and such incredible ad reach. But, yeah, there's, there's still the Facebook campaign. You can do that. But, uh, yeah, I think it, uh, Gary says Facebook is for boomers. You're right. Not boomers, because boomers are older. Facebook's not for boomers. Facebook is more middle, middle ground. But, Gary, it is still, by far, numerically speaking, the largest gathering place in the world. Even kids that don't use it very often still have Facebook accounts. And Facebook's full of misinformation. I mean, you can't always just say because I saw it on Facebook, it's true. Damn straight there. Uh, We're going to hear more from Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, all kinds of good stuff coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show, and it's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.